Hey everybody, it's Josh. Thanks for tuning in. This is another teaching for our Become Like Jesus class that we're doing in the winter of 2022. Today we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of service. In the world of spiritual disciplines, they're often broken up into two categories, disciplines of abstinence and disciplines of engagement, which is pretty self-explanatory. You know, with disciplines of abstinence, we might be abstaining from people or distraction or talking with silence and solitude or coffee with uh, dis- uh, simplicity practice or um, maybe food as a fasting practice. Engagement disciplines require you to as you would guess, engage. And service is a discipline of engagement. The spiritual discipline of service is meant to cultivate humility through routine and deliberate acts of service. Uh, That's a key concept for the discipline of service, kind of a filter for considering acts of service is humility. The it's, it's meant to cultivate humility in our hearts. When we think about the heart-body loop, the heart work that we hope to see the Holy Spirit do as we engage with our bodies in service is to see a growing degree of humility. Uh, and that's somewhat of a distinction between service for spiritual formation and humility cultivation versus service because there's, you know, an urgent need or because I struggle to say no. Uh, there's all kinds of service out there, but the thing that makes it a spiritual discipline is the deliberate, intentional uh, action of doing service with, with God with an inner receptivity to what he might do in us, uh, through us, as we serve or served by others. The action might look exactly the same, but it's that inner reality, that deliberate intentionality uh, to do it as a spiritual discipline in communion with God, being curious about what he is doing in our souls. A little example would be uh, serving Camille by unloading the dishwasher before I go to work. It might be a way to pray for her and bless her and humble myself and just the reality that, you know, my work is really not all that urgent or more important than hers or anything like that. I can stop and do this small task. Or I could unload the dishwasher before I go to work and be all grumbly and distracted and frustrated by the slog of housework when I feel like, you know, there's bigger and more important things waiting for me. So our mentality is huge when it comes to service. It's been so helpful for me to start seeing service as uh, as something to do as a spiritual discipline, as a unique way to connect with God, experience life with Him, and really see Him and see the people or person that I am serving. I hope that helps you see that maybe what you are already doing as service could be could be something to you know kind of tweak your intentionality or your mindset about and engage as a spiritual discipline of service turn your heart to god and be aware of what he might be doing as you do that service so it might not be adding something but there's a way that there's a way of service that can draw us deeper uh you know into the foot washing humility of jesus uh, but, you know, we have to be careful because it's, this is a, just a tricky dynamic is that there's also a type of service that pumps us up and is used to grow our pride and validate ourselves. And that normally leads to resentment and grumbling towards other people or whatever. But just because it's tricky or there's hard stuff to pay attention to, we, we shouldn't like slow down or hesitate from engaging in the discipline of service. Uh, it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, and ask the question, is my heart growing in humility and self-forgetfulness, a more loving presence towards people? Or am I getting a little, you know, back patty, just feeling good about myself, pat myself on the back? Or do I feel a little resentful towards people? Let me just read uh, that foot washing passage to you. This is a picture of service that Jesus gives us. John 13. 
Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of the world, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And when he wiped them with the towel, and he wiped them with the towel wrapped around him. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Two things to point out. Jesus is telling us that we should serve each other in the same way, very clearly. Our King and Savior is plainly telling us and showing us that he comes as one who serves to set an example. And I also want to point out that he's, he says it with a promise that you will be blessed if you do them. Uh, we, we talked about this with fasting. Like there, there is a, a reward, a blessing from obeying Jesus. The, the abundance and obedience that Dallas Willard talked about uh, that, that are closely connected. Jesus doesn't shy away from talking about the, the rewards and blessings that come from obeying him and living his way of life. And one of the main blessings uh, of obeying Jesus when it comes to service is humility, which might sound like a punishment where you just got to like be down all your, on yourself. But humility really is a gift where it's freedom, where you are simply thinking less about yourself. Uh, you're comfortable in your own skin. You can relax in the presence of others because you aren't constantly you know, evaluating what they think of you and, and how you're projecting yourself. Humility is to be free from the need for status, approval, achievement, significance, all that stuff, and to just truly offer yourself in love to other people. And that is a gift. That's a beautiful way to live. But humility is not something we can get by trying to be humble. I heard a quote once, humility is a shy fellow. As soon as you start talking about him, he leaves the room. And so the spiritual practice of service is the discipline that can enable us to get something you know, that we cannot get through direct effort. That's the heart-body loop. Service gets us out of our little world, our problems, our perspective, and opens us up to the reality and needs of others. It requires us and even forces us to take our eyes off of ourselves. Now, the actual practice of service is a bit tricky to talk about because it can look so many different ways. I found Richard Foster's words helpful when he describes it like this. When we see someone intently listening to another human being, we are witnessing service in action. When we see a person holding the sorrows of another in tender, loving care, we are witnessing service in action. When we see someone actively guarding the reputation of others, we are witnessing service in action. So it is more than soup kitchens or helping people move, though those definitely are parts of the discipline of service. Uh, in Big Rapids, for the first year, I really struggled as a pastor up there because it seemed like everyone was just like talking at me, these like rambling monologues. And I was like dying, like very little conversation back and forth. And it was reading this foot washing passage of Jesus where I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying like, listening is how you serve. These people are lonely and limited and have no one else that will really listen to them. And while I, of course, have a lot more growth to do, the act of listening has been deeply formative for me, weaning me off 
slowly uh, of my need, you know, to do the talking or get my opinion out there, fix people's problems. And of course, when you listen and someone shares sorrows, that can be heavy and maybe not what you want right now. You know, it's kind of like a buzzkill or whatever. But to see it as service, where we can we can enter into people uh, people's story, mourn with those who mourn, receive it as spiritual work, as a spiritual discipline, an opportunity from the Spirit to serve someone by being with them and humble ourselves and not try to fix it or tell them what they can do better or whatever. So let's talk about uh, some more about who and how we serve, just a couple of different angles of it. For starters, uh, the poor. There's a strong, strong biblical emphasis on Jesus followers serving the poor. And I think that's a key part of the spiritual discipline of service, like having deliberate, scheduled times and regular points of engagement with the poor. Like a great example of this would be uh, the Nuristanis that we, uh, a team of people from our church, uh, tried to care for and cared for in a great way. The term poor in scripture refers to a group of people who are, who are outsiders, either literally from a different country or just kind of outside the normal like streams of resources or access to resources. So the orphans, the widows, you know, people who naturally uh, do not naturally fit in with the sort of like mainstream of society. So I mean, physically or mentally handicapped people or, you know, the elderly people in nursing homes in our day and age. And just consider how that how engaging with these folks in love and deliberate acts uh, of service can move us towards humility. Spending time with people who have nothing to offer you, people who, you know, can't you can't leverage for your cause because you have a vision for this like epic turnaround story that that makes you look good or that you know they're gonna like turn their lives around and tell everybody how you made the difference or something like that. Um, there's just people that that need a friend, that need care, that need service, and can't offer you anything in return. Now, there's two passages I want to put before you when it comes to serving the poor, especially in this realm of service as a spiritual discipline. First, John 12, 8, Jesus says plainly, for the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. So it's been so helpful for me to hear Jesus say that poverty is not going away. We are not going to fix it this side of heaven. Poverty is a result of sin, greed, broken relationships, fatherless homes, addiction, all that stuff. So many different layers that contribute to poverty. And I think there is a lot that we can do uh, that God might do through us to alleviate the pain of poverty and, you know, specific people or groups or whatever. But I think it's, a, and this, I think this largely kept me from uh, serving the poor it is it just seemed like overwhelming, you know, because it'll never be fixed. It's so overwhelming. And it's a recipe for burnout if we have any delusions that, you know, we can end poverty in this generation or whatever. Like, that's just not the goal. Um, instead, consider this next passage as the goal. Matthew 25, Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. 
I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When do we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when do we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. The reward of service to the poor is that we can draw near to Jesus through drawing near to the poor. He's identified himself with the outsider, those of low estate. We show love and commune with Jesus by staying near to the poor. There is good that we can do. I'm not trying to negate that. Suffering we can alleviate. Problems we, we can solve through engaging in service. But talking specifically from a spiritual formation aspect, it's been very freeing to me to engage in service as a means to draw near to Jesus, to allow the Holy Spirit to use the scruffy, uncomfortable you know, work of drawing near to the poor in service and, and let it show areas of our heart where we need the gospel to sink in more deeply. When Camille and I were doing foster care up in Big Rapids, we had these two little boys that we dearly loved uh, that, you know, they had told us we'd probably adopt them, but it was a surprise to everyone. The courts decided they would go back to their mom, even though she was still in a relationship with a violent guy at the time. And we were, of course, devastated. Uh, but we also just had very, very hard hearts towards the boy's mom. We, it's embarrassing to say, uh, we just were not gracious towards her at all. We got super convicted about that because, you know, she was pretty much an orphan herself and had none of the opportunity and advantages that we had had. And she's largely alone in the world trying to figure out what to do with DHS and get her kids back and find a job and all that stuff. And, uh, and so we just held this ugly part of our heart before God, praying that he would break our hearts for her. And it was, it was humbling. And, to see such heat and hardness towards this woman who had had so many tough breaks. Uh, But God did that work. Uh, He did move us to a place where we could love not only the boys, but their mom. And he's blessed us with a relationship with her and the boys even after they went back. And we've had, you know, when we were in Big Rapids, we had her over for dinner. They even all all three come to spend the night with us and try to give her a listening ear and a break from single parenting and whatnot. Uh, and so it was, it was going into the gauntlet of foster care that was means by which God, you know, showed us the hardness in our hearts and grew our capacity to love. And it just felt like such a gift, like something that God, you know, gave us. And in so many ways, I think I feel like I got more out of foster care than I put in. Next, the, sp- the spiritual discipline of service can also incorporate your job or uh, to use maybe a more uh, theological term, vocation or calling. Uh, Vocation can be a topic all on its own. Some people would consider it its own spiritual discipline, uh, but I'm including vocation underneath the umbrella of service because it shows how we can do our day jobs or whatever we do with our days, be a mom or a dad, with a heart posture that is seeking to serve others and be formed in the Holy Spirit. You know, if you're a mom in a busy kid season, caring for your kids can very much be done in a way that it forms humility and, and allows God to refine your heart. We, we've seen this uh, in, in our hearts with our daughter Isla, our youngest daughter, who's so precious, turning one on Saturday. Uh, she was a bit of a surprise. We kind of thought we might be done after two. Um, but God blessed us with Isla. And we've, Camille and I have had just some good conversations about how God has refined us and formed us by sending us this sweet, precious little girl in like the craziest remodeling year of our life with two other little kids who also need a lot of service. You know, just most of parenting is is this beautiful invitation to humbling service. 
and how much we've had to like let go and embrace limits and ask for help uh, and be weak as we you know try to flip our house with three little kids and no kitchen, all that stuff. And of course, Camille is my hero and took most of the brunt of that work. But our jobs, uh, whether it's a day job, or, you know, paid work or whatever, are big in the discipline of service. When we consider how to do it well, you know, just to do good work, uh, you know, uh, as unto God and not to man, as a way, do good work to love our neighbors and serve our boss or our coworkers or, you know, just little things that can get petty. You know, can just be, uh, you know, like cleaning the break room or you know, wiping out the microwave when. You know, Bob leaves his soup in there too long or whatever. You know, we, we just do it without being asked. Just like diffuse the situation and remove drama because we can just, you know, humbly serve people. Um, and we can also consider jobs and careers based on how they will affect our souls. Like take positions that we think will be good for our hearts but might not follow, you know, the script the world would say we should take. You know, the upward mobility gospel that, that is out there. And just see what God might do through it. Um, Henry Nouwen, one of my favorite writers on the spiritual life, he left his role as a highly respected professor at Harvard in order to become a caretaker of one mentally handicapped man uh, because he saw how kind of like the fame and renown and prestige of his professorship was negatively affecting his ability to, you know, dwell deeply with God. Next, uh, we could talk about the discipline of service in the local church. Real plainly, Galatians 5.13 says to the, you know, the churches in Galatia, serve one another in love. So we serve our church family. One of the ways we testify to the gospel is how we serve one another um, as brothers and sisters. Uh, but to state the obvious, and I mean, I, I say that knowing that and having experienced that Redemption City is a super sweet biblical family that serves each other really well. Uh, but the, the thing that would be interesting to explore with you guys is that the spiritual discipline of service requires someone to be served. And I think uh, as part of our like spiritual formation, at least part of the time, that someone should be you and me getting served. If the goal of this discipline is to pursue humility, it can be a really powerful uh, experience to accept our limits and ask for help, especially to tie it into some of the other disciplines we've looked at in this class. If asking for help would enable us to, you know, get some rest, uh, be able to Sabbath uh, more fully, or get some other life-giving disciplines. You know, community is a key part of our theory of transformation uh, that we're, we're not getting a chance to talk about a ton. We'll talk about it next week uh, in, our, in our class here. But it's huge because a lot of the practices can't happen without help of our church community. Lots of the other disciplines like Sabbath, Sounds of Solitude, uh, all these things almost require us uh, to get served, uh, to be served part of the time. You know, I, I mean, obviously, like if a husband and wife with kids want to do Sounds of Solitude, it requires one of the others to like hold it down with the kids uh, or, you know, you know what I'm saying. Being served is a way to humble yourself and receive a tangible expression of God's love and grace from another person. And for me, experientially, I... It's a joy when someone asks for help, you know, it's like, hey, how can I help you? And they give me a clear way to help. It's like, I love I love that, you know, give someone a date night or what uh, and watch their kids or, you know, help them move or, you know, send them, you know, send them pizza. Uh, you know, like my online Domino's account was like, you know, firing off, firing off pizza love. Also, it's super it's been super interesting to play around with this is that asking for help can be a great way to do mission to build relationships with non-christians benjamin franklin not a christian or a president 
had this theory that the best way to win your neighbor over is to ask for a favor rather than offer your your neighbor a bunch of favors or whatever. Because when you ask a neighbor for a favor, it opens up doors and makes it more likely that they'd ask you for a favor. favor. It makes them feel useful and safe around you. Um, I did this with some of my neighbors up in Big Rapids, and it was huge for relationship building. Like all of them eventually came to church. Uh, one of them even started meeting with me at six in the morning to study the Bible every week. Uh, and so, you know, so there you go. Uh, now, you know, of course, some of us might be super needy. Uh, it feels like Camille and I are kind of the super needy people in the church with just like our kids and the remodeling and everything. Uh, but there's not a lot of those folks in uh, Redemption City. And some of us might need to hear the call to serve others or to, you know, make space to serve others. But I don't think there's a lot of folks in Redemption City like that. But I think other others of us might need to embrace the spiritual discipline of service by being served and experience humility that way. As I've kind of hinted at, I just want to testify that Camille and I have been so blessed by our church family, uh, how well you've served us, uh, we, you know, in our remodeling slog. Like I have this awesome video of John Holderbaum with a sledgehammer uh, punching punching a hole through that awful huge wall that was in between our kitchen and dining room. He He was the one who first, you know, had the light of day shine through that awful wall and broke down the, you know, the dividing wall of hostility. And Mike Birch lent me tools and so many people, the, you know, Jamie Bartlett and the Clankies and the Harrises have helped with babysitting. Jason Hawes let me crash his bachelor pad when we had to be out of the house uh, while work was getting done. Redemption City loves to serve. And if you haven't opened yourself up to that sweetness, I would encourage you to do that. So I hope that gets you interested in this uh, call to serve as Jesus did, as a means to become like him. Uh, you see the hard, even painful work of service that can bear sweet fruit in our souls when we do it prayerfully in the Spirit. Just to recap, discipline of service can happen in regular times of you know being near to the poor uh, or receiving interruptions uh, from the poor. It can happen in our jobs or vocations. It can happen when we allow people to serve us, and it happens between brothers and sisters when we serve each other in our church family. And it can look a lot of different ways. Um, Specific practices could be like, you know, signing up to man the check-in desk at Mel Trotter three hours a week or, you know, spend one lunch break a week, you know, trying to connect with your coworkers and just listening to them or spend some time, you know, in silence and solitude asking God what he's doing in, in you through your parenting or blocking off time each week or each month where you're free to help folks, uh, your neighbors or your church or whatever. And then uh, as you go about your day, just pay attention to ways the Holy Spirit might be calling you to, uh, to take time to truly listen to someone else, ask questions about their lives and offer help. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's beautiful when it flows out of silence and solitude, this, you know, deep abiding with Jesus that then produces fruit. You know, when we feel seen and loved by God, filled up by him, often the Spirit will bring to mind others that we can move towards and serve and not in like a... Uh, I, you know, arm twisting, moan and groan kind of way, but it flows out of the love we've received. That's all I have for today. I'd love to hear your thoughts or some testimonies of how service has impacted you and uh, or how you've been served or been blessed by serving others. But let's treasure the image of our King, our Savior, wrapping a towel around his waist, kneeling to wash dirty feet because he knew uh, that he was from the Father and returning to the Father, and we can join him in that posture and reap blessings of intimacy with him. Love you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday.